At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Thirty years ago, Stuart and May McKenzie celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary. And now, today, we are celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary <laughs> because So I Married an Axe Murderer is 30 years greater. That's right. It is 30 years greater. The Post Show Recaps and RHAP podcast where we go back 30 years into the past and talk about movies from the 1990s. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm joined here by Rob Sesternino, who, against his better instincts, has decided to podcast Marry Me. Rob, I'm so glad that you accepted my proposal. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so excited to be here to talk Robert! about... Robert! Yes? Rob! Yes. Yes. Robert! <laughs> yes? I don't have any poems to say. This is <laughs> oh, all this off is the top of my head. Yes. Yes, so I married an expert. I've never seen this before as a Mike Myers completionist. This is my second Mike Myers podcast of the week after talking about 20 years greater, The Cat in the Hat. Oh, how was The Cat in the Hat? Horrible. (laughs) So bad. So much variance in the Mike Myers cinematic universe. Yeah. Only so many voices for Mike Myers. Highs and lows, uh, like even here, uh, you know, uh, Cat in the Hat was fun. It was, it was yeah. a like, uh, there, Mike Myers, he keeps these movies short. He does. Uh, that is at least, uh, one thing that you could say about Mike Myers here, as, uh, we're going to be setting our sights today in the second official episode of 30 Years Greater, in which we are celebrating, uh, iconic 90s movies on their 30th anniversary as close to the release date as humanly possible we're a little off the mark here for so i married an axe murderer which uh, has uh, already been 30 for a little while now rob Mm -hmm. it uh, initially released july 30th 1993 so i married an axe murderer with mike myers nancy travis jonathan lapalia's brother is in this. Is, now is is this actually Jonathan yes. Lapaglia's brother? So yes. oh wow! So the host of Australian Survivor, yes, his brother, yes, is in the film, and and you know honestly, he kind of I could see the resemblance of a course. little bit. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Lapaglia, uh, star of ALP, uh, ALP star of Without a Trace, uh, a show that I will never be able to uh, uh, distinguish from Criminal Minds. Uh, one of those. Uh, I love that like CSI criminal minds without a trace mold. Uh, ALP was the star of yeah. without a trace. Wow. Of course, JLP, his brother, not host only of Australian survivor, not only the host of Australian survivor. I recognize him. Uh, he's near and dear to my heart for New York undercover. He was in one season of New York undercover. They unceremoniously shot him in the face. Uh, oh. that was 
really upsetting. I did not know. He had a he good face, in, too. He was in bed. They put a pillow over his head. They shot him. He was Cleaver. Do you remember that he's Cleaver uh, in The Sopranos, uh, in uh, Cousin Christopher's Cleaver movie, that JLP is Cleaver? JLP is Cleaver. Yeah. How am I just finding out about this today? I don't know. I was today years old when I found this out. The things you learn here on 30 years greater so we're going to talk about so i married an axmer we will probably talk a little bit less but a little bit more uh about jonathan lapaglia uh here lapaglia 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 i say lapaglia lapaglia jlp uh he's not in here but his brother is so we'll probably talk about him and we'll talk about so many more things on this podcast of course if you are not subscribed yet to the 30 years greater podcast we strongly encourage that you do so uh just search 30 years greater on your podcast player of choice or if you want to search by rss link uh you can plug it into your url postshowrecaps.com slash 30 to subscribe is the rss link when you search by url that's postshowrecaps.com slash 30 either the digits or spelled out we got you covered either way um, if you want to get feedback into the podcast, we have a new feedback form for this, Rob. Postshowrecaps.com slash ask30. Postshowrecaps.com slash ask30. You can get in feedback for any of these movies that we are talking about here on 30 Years Greater. And Rob, the reviews are in. People are happy. People really enjoyed the Fugitive podcast. Look, people like this the is innovation. Great. I, I love this. I love this podcast. I love the people that listen to this podcast. The people that don't listen to this podcast will never listen to this. This yes. is just for us. It is. Up there, that's their time. Down you know, here, was like 40 this years is ago. our time. This is 40 years 40 ago, years greater. Point. New podcast <laughs> idea. Spinoff, Josh. No, think we, about think- it. Uh, I do think it was the original idea. Uh, I do think somehow uh, I still <laughs> we're gonna have to go and check the record of how we went from forty to thirty. It was an Oppenheimer, a Barbenheimer. We talked. We talked about how it the, was a the compromise. Bo- <laughs> yes, we talked about the the Barben the Barbenheimer weekend for the Gremlins. Uh, was it the, was it the Gremlins and and Ghostbusters? And Ghostbusters, yeah. Uh-huh. That was the original Barbenheimer. We said, wow, we should just like uh, like what came out on this weekend this week oh wow there's so many there's so many throughout history yeah uh but then how did we get to 30 how did we get to from 40 you had been wanting to talk about the fugitive yeah uh for since we watched indie movies it really comes together yes yeah and last week was the 30 year anniversary of the fugitive and here we are and here we are uh and if you missed the fugitive recap uh go listen to that josh had one of my my favorite (laughs) all-time josh wiggler stories was on last week's podcast there was a lot there were a couple of other things that happened on that red carpet uh that uh go beyond tommy lee jones potentially threatening my life uh i interviewed a, a future president of the united states of america uh on that same night on the men in black three red carpet uh really yeah, he who must not be named. Uh, it was a it was a scary time, a very scary time. Uh, go become a patron of Poster yeah. Recaps for RHAP. I'll tell you the I'll tell you the story if you'd like. I hope to it was The Rock. Yeah. Uh, it was. I hope it was The Rock as well, or even Will Smith. I'll take Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of really fun feedback for this one. I think people were really really happy oh. uh, to get into into thirty years uh, greater. Uh, we had this uh, from from Med who had written in, uh, Med wrote in and said, growing up, we only had one TV station that would air a Hollywood movie every Thursday, but the movie would be edited and dubbed in French. I was already planning on going back and watching some of the big movies of my childhood. So this podcast comes at a perfect time. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Uh, this is uh, incredible. So happy yeah. you're here. We love that. Um, we also got uh, some requests already. Uh, Gareth wrote in a request for us to cover Scream 1 and 2. Rob, uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, we could we not yet, do that, not but yet. we have to survive the next three years uh, before mm-hmm. we're able to get to Scream 1, at least. Um, I even had a, a former bunkmate of mine from summer camp from cap, wrote, from wrote camp. in. Uh, a summer camp bunkmate of mine wrote in when we posted about The Fugitive uh, and asked if I had uh, mentioned uh, a summertime van game of the same name that looking back on it was probably illegal. And I had completely forgotten that I had experienced The Fugitive uh, back in the summer of 1996. Wow, uh, Rob. Uh, it was a summer camp activity where one of our counselors was the one-armed man. And he had oh my God. kidnapped a couple of our friends, our bunkmates, and we had to chase him around upstate New York. And mm-hmm. when we found him, he took us to Pizza Hut. That was our reward for getting him. So I did care. I did care about hunting down the one-armed man. Uh, well, that is uh, a great reward. Uh, the great Antonio Mazzaro loves the premise for the podcast, uh, is a huge yes. fugitive fan, uh, points out that the fugitive uh, really holds up on a lot of levels. The fugitive uh, culminates, of course, in an admonishment of the pharmaceutical industry. Big pharma, yeah. How, how, much, how much has changed? Uh, earlier today, uh, I started my morning uh, in a great way Googling Who's that pharma bro who effing sucks uh, in order to recall Martin Shkreli's name? Because I couldn't just mm-hmm. conjure that up. Uh, yeah, big pharma, still terrible 30 years later. Um, Antonio also mentioned that the, the Fugitive, the original 1960s show, uh, it was based on a, a real, it was inspired by a real crime and a real case. Uh, Sam Shepard. Uh, who, uh, not the actor, who was uh, convicted of murder in 1954. This was not a story that I had known, but in the, the real version that The Fugitive was inspired by, Rob, uh, the, uh, the, the Richard Kimball, the real-life Richard Kimball, Sam Shepard, who was also a doctor, uh, would go on to become a pro wrestler. Um, oh. He, he ended up being a pro wrestler, uh, Sam Shepard later on in his life. Uh, and he had like a really crazy uh, wrestling move. Uh, it was something like it was like the pinched, the pinched nerve. Pinched There's, nerve? Yeah. What was the did, move? Did ChatGPT write this article? Um, the man, the mandibular nerve pinch. It was uh, uh, a new submission hold that was uh, based on his anatomical knowledge. Uh, the maneuver would go on to be renamed the Mandible Claw. Oh, yes, uh, like which, like uh, Mick Foley. Which was used uh, by mankind. Yeah, Mick Foley. So, yeah, so he'd stick his finger in people's... Too bad he didn't do that to the one-armed man. This, is, this was based on uh, Sam Shepard, the real-life Richard Kimball, who passed away in 1970 uh, and became a pro wrestler in 1969. Uh, so the final year of his life was spent wrestling people professionally. Uh, okay. You learn something new every day here on 30 Years Greater, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob, we uh, spent a lot of time. You and I love to do a pre-podcast. Uh, yeah. One of the best things about our weekly appointment is we'll probably spend like a length of a podcast just like doing stuff. 
Um, it was a very productive pre-podcast today, Rob, where we calendarized out 1993 to be like, yeah. we do have something here, right? Like, you know, I mean, we've already yeah. kind of like put it out there that we're doing it, but let's just verify that we have it. We well, like, I think if I may respond to some of the like incredulous people like, wait, so you're going to talk about a movie every week? Yeah, from we the, Like, yeah, we've looked at the calendar. We've mapped this whole thing out. Josh Wiggler has us into January of 1994. I love I love a plan. I'm a big plan man. Yeah. Uh big plan man. Love a content calendar. Big content calendar guy. Love to change the content calendar. But this one really locked in quite nicely. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of really fun movies that are coming up later in the year. Uh we feel really good about it. We are still sort of like in that doldrums phase here in uh in August dump month, as I called it last time. Uh, you had the great innovation, Rob, of, well, if it was 30 days earlier before mm -hmm. this release date or 30 days, 30 days future, greater, yeah, you know, then like 30 days less and 30 days greater, we should be able to talk about it. So that is available to us. Yeah. But we get to a certain point in September where we're not really going to have to depend on that too much, which is going to be very nice. Yeah, we will continue to have to depend on it a bit here uh, in the month of August. Rob, should we uh, should we reveal at this time what we are going to be talking about next week on the no, podcast? No, at the end. At the okay. end. All right, stick around. You have to stay. You have to stay. Otherwise, you don't know what we're going to do next time on the podcast. But we're very excited about what we're going to do on the podcast next time out. So it's probably time that we talk about So I Married an Axe Murderer, yes. Rob. Let's excited. take it. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will talk it all the way down the line. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Stay tuned. All right, Rob. So I Married an Axe Murderer with its giant head crying on its giant pillow uh, as we are here to talk about the 1993, uh, I would say cult classic. Not, a, not an instant hit, Rob. With a $20 yeah. million dollar budget and an $11.5 million dollar return, so I married an axe murderer, a first for Rob Sesternino. First time I had ever seen this. And, you know, I just remember sort of like, I feel like, okay, there was sort of like a general, as a consumer of like, uh, like entertainment news throughout my entire life. I remember the vibes were just kind of like, oh, this movie was a bomb. And, and I think that I was probably, you know, uh, invested in it somewhat being yeah. a big Wayne's World person, uh, which had come out in. 1991 with a sequel uh to come later in 1993, 1993 yeah. um and so i, I love mike myers from snl but uh, i think i was sort of like this was on my radar but you know the buzz was not amazing at the time for so i married an axe murderer yeah i mean obviously i am uh what i'm like eight years old in 1993 so this is not a movie that is deeply on my radar at this point in time though famously i have seen terminator at this point so i'm seeing inappropriate movies but i'm not i don't have my fingers on the pulse of what's coming out uh, I'm still like kind of at the whims of what's on uh, a tele a television commercial uh, is really what's going to bring me into uh, into the theaters. Uh, I don't remember any so I married an axe murderer commercials. I do have vague memories of like so I like the the scene where the axe gets thrown uh, mm -hmm. and like you're like in like sort of like the axo vision and it like hits right in front of Mike Myers on the roof towards the end of the movie. I have like very vivid memories of that in one of those like VHS commercials uh, mm -hmm. like when you were watching like when you had like rented something else from Blockbuster 
And there was like some preview for So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh, but I don't remember having much of any awareness of this movie as a kid. And I couldn't tell you when was the first time I saw this movie, but I have seen it a few times and it always delights me. Uh, okay. So I Married an Axe Murderer, I think it's yeah. really fun. 53 the- on the tomato meter, 68% audience score. What's the Rotten Tomato score? What's the first one? 53%. Uh, was the critical reception? Critical reception was mixed, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, at the time. Yeah. Uh, a complicated production history for So I Married an Axe Murderer. Similar Not- to The Cat in the Hat. Uh, you know, Mike Myers, that uh, as much as I enjoy his work, I yeah. think that he is a bit difficult to work with from what I understand. What was uh, the, the problem with cat in the hat? If you cat in the hat was basically like, he did not want to be there uh, that he signed a two movie deal with, I think universal at the time. One of the movies was supposed to be, he was going to develop a movie around the sprockets character Dieter, uh, which never uh-huh. came to be. And I think that following the success of Jim Carrey in the Grinch, I think they sort of forced uh, Mike Myers to take on the role of the titular cat in the hat. And everybody on the set hated his guts. Can you imagine hating being in the cat in the hat and you're the cat in the hat and every day you have to go to work to become the cat in the hat and you have to sit in that makeup chair and be turned into the cat in the hat? Other folks also had to be put into makeup and had to sit around waiting for Mike Myers, I think, often on the set. And I think that they really came to resent him. And it seems like that there were some production issues as well on So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. So I think like the the lead up to it was uh, was, you know, um, it was originally envisioned uh, by Robert Freed, who was the producer of the film, uh, worked with the writer Robbie Fox to create the movie. Uh, They had both been having uh, relationship struggles and they wanted to make a movie about women who appear to be out to destroy them uh, was the impetus for So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. Uh, and they ended up teaming up with Mike Myers due to the success of Wayne's World. And Mike Myers ends up getting into the, well, let's just punch up the script a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. vibe. Uh, and so he and a collaborator started getting into it to make it a little bit more SNL. Uh, so like, I think it was like a little more like straight down the line, the yeah. initial vision for, so I married an ax murderer, but I don't think Mike Myers is showing up to much of anything, Rob, if he isn't allowed to play at least two characters, right? He has to play multiple characters. He has to be able to, uh, improv. He does a lot of like Mike Myers isms, uh, with this character. And so like, uh, look, I, I always like it, but I think that, uh, many of the folks that Mike Myers has worked with. I think even Dana Carvey uh, did not love working with uh, Mike Myers. That's unfortunate. That's yes. unfortunate. I will uh, say, though, that and Mike Myers is everywhere this week. I had watched the first episode of Hard Knocks uh, this week, which is the HBO Max documentary, which is this season chronicling my favorite football team, the New York Jets. And Aaron is Mike Rogers, Myers a big Jets guy? Well, hear me out. So Aaron Rodgers... Uh, talked about how his coach Nathaniel Hackett that in the uh, in football like when you get inside the 20 yard line they call it the red zone but some people call it hey it's not the red zone it's the green zone but Mm. Nathaniel Hackett calls it the gold zone and to get the football players like Aaron Rodgers pumped up to be in the gold zone that he Nathaniel Hackett shows 
clips from the uh, 2002 classic gold member uh-huh. and makes the it makes and teaches Aaron Rodgers everything about the titular gold member. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about gold member in 2032. Could you imagine? Could you yeah. imagine? I can't wait. That's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about how old I'll be or you, but uh, we'll be there. We'll be and there. We'll be talking about how we love gold. We love gold. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be great. Um, what was the name? Nathaniel Hackett, you said? Yeah. Uh, that would be a great alternate name for Mike Myers' character in So I Married an Nathaniel Axe Murderer. Nathaniel Hatchet. Uh, you know, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, an axe murderer is on the loose, uh, at least theoretically, in the titular So I Married an Axe Murderer, which I feel like is... Um, the title, I think, promises like a little bit of a scarier movie than maybe you end up getting. I don't know. Tonally, were you uh, were you surprised by what we ended up with here? And so I married the next. Yeah, because uh, this is a movie I think that probably struggles a little bit with tone. I think it is a romantic comedy. I think at its heart. Um, and the movie, uh, the t- the title of the movie, so I married an axe murderer ultimately ends up being a bit of a misnomer uh, yeah. because spoiler alert uh, that the She's woman not. that Mike Myers marries is not the axe murderer. Yeah. Uh, should the, the movie have been called? And of course you have to have watched. So I married an axe murderer. Now we've spoiled it already. Or we're about to spoil it more. Should the movie have been called? So my sister-in-law is an axe murderer. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe like the 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 wedding axe murderer. Uh-huh. Like uh, maybe they could have uh, come up with a little things, bit. If there are things, the to title fix, is not great. Yeah, but I feel like you remember it. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. I feel like so. I married an axe murderer as well, a title. Now, is it like? Does it need an ellipsis at the end? It's like so. I married an axe murderer. Dot dot dot. Or is it like? So I married an axe murderer. So what? I'm very, I'm very glad that there isn't. That's so very, kill me, okay? Very, very bad for SEO. Uh, so I'm glad that that's not. Uh, there's no punctuation in in the title. I feel like maybe so I married Simeon. an axe Simeon murderer is the acronym. So I'm what is Simeon? Simeon. 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 Simam. Simam. I think. Uh, is the is the acronym uh maybe not a great title at the time i feel like 30 years greater uh all these years later you don't you know you don't forget so i married an axe murderer i feel like no one else is going to be naming their movie so i married an axe murderer or anything terribly close to that Mm -hmm. Uh, so the movie just to kind of like get into it a bit uh, it centers on Charlie McKenzie, uh, who is played by Mike Myers. He's a beat poet. Is in... that how he earns his living? It seems like this That's is what he does how professionally. It... it seems like professionally he earns his. I don't know that we're allowed to like. Uh, we you guys earn your living professionally doing Ex- this. Just I just want to understand the economics of yeah. being a beat poet in 1993 San Francisco. He was on Can the cusp people of pay? something. Yeah. Do you pay to him? Is it, do his parents support him? It seems like he has his own place, right? It seems. I mean, he. How much of his own place do we actually really see? I don't know if we ever go to his house. I don't think we do. We go to his parents' house and we go to Nancy Travis's house. I don't know mm-hmm. that we really go to Charlie's house himself. So I do think like he's a commitment phobe. Maybe he's afraid to commit to an apartment. Is he always comes up with a reason why that you know she's not the one. But sometimes they smell. <laughs> they smell like soup. 
Uh-huh. Sometimes they smell like soup. Uh, but like, honestly, the soup truth can is be very savory. Soup can be and soup. sensual. You know, soup uh, at, at a certain point in time, everybody's going to smell like soup. The question mm-hmm. is when and what kind, uh, not if or when it's going to happen. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, you just got to you got to know can that be very that. seductive. Yes. Um, what did you think of uh, Charlie's uh, poetry? This is a much beloved beloved Ed part of the movie is all of these poems <laughs> yeah harriet, so- sweet harriet mm-hmm. yeah um i feel like i very much uh like could relate to like where he uh was uh during all of this because um i used to like when i would go and do uh, like as an aspiring uh stand-up comedian oh god that, that i used right. to go to like open mics and there was one open, open, mic, not myers? open mic myers yeah um that there was one open mic in particular that was like people would do stand-up but also people would do like beat poetry so yeah. you could basically the mic was open for whatever you wanted to do and there was a lot of the uh, beat poetry that was like this. Uh, yeah. But there's also like a lot of like an overhead projector also that you could show things on the wall. Uh-huh. Yeah. And drink uh, we, giant cappuccinos. We need to be doing more with overhead projectors again, I think. Yeah. A great device. Um, I, Are I, this, I, I, also, the overhead projector 30 years greater? I think it's thirty um, years worse. You want to bring it back? I'm, yeah. I just don't, I don't think that you like with the sharpie. Like I'm trying to think of like how you would do that. Maybe like on, uh, like maybe I don't know if uh, I guess maybe if you had like uh, that in in school you'd have like the clear plastic like dittos that were made up and the teacher could like write on them. Yeah, I feel like that you could probably do that on uh, Streamyard somehow. Probably true. I do think that you probably could do that on StreamYard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's, can, we, uh, can we just talk about the, the yeah. soundtrack also? Because uh, yes. the film, the song "There She Goes" appears. There she goes uh, again. Throughout, one of the songs that appears throughout the films. Uh, any any thoughts on "There She Goes" by yes. the, the Laws? Uh, the the Boo Radleys uh, is also. Whoa, a- whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, why is it on the, I, I see it as the Laws. I see it as the Boo Radleys. Are they one in the same? I think uh, maybe it gets performed. This uh, like it's just the titular song. It gets performed multiple times. Multiple I think the Laws is the conventional band that the that you hear. There she goes. Have you? Uh, were you familiar with There She Goes before? So I yes, an yes. Yeah. But were you not? Uh, of course, but yes. I think for me, my very, very central memory of this song is deeply, intrinsically tied to So I Married an Axe Murderer. Mm. Uh, and There She Goes is often one of those songs that's just like earwormed into my brain. Uh, and I remember one time uh, playing it uh, and like uh, my wife and I will like be cooking, we'll be hanging out. We'll put some music on on the Sonos. Let's see if we can't find like a playlist or something. And I'm sometimes like uh, the the music choices are foisted upon me and I always panic. I get really nervous. I put this on. I was like, all right, well, this will be great because I remember it from So I Married an Axe. It's like, it's a pretty short song. 
mm-hmm. and I felt like it would buy me some time to yeah. like find the next thing. And it was like it bought me like a minute and a half. Yeah, I, I think the laws walked so train could run. Is that right? Uh, is there mm-hmm. a direct pi- pipeline from there she goes to drop? Well, to I just th- I, 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 that's a different podcast probably, uh-huh. but yeah. I, I just think that uh, tonally, right? Like uh, that, I think that's a similar sound. Uh, yeah. Do they uh, they take the the Bart to train? Uh, that's the. Uh, I don't even know if it's a similar sound. I feel it's a similar vibe. Yeah, similar vibe. Uh, speaking of the Bart, a San Francisco film uh, yeah. i know psr patron ethan very excited to have it's a love letter to san francisco to have a san francisco film here uh, i think they repurposed a lot of the full house b-roll yes uh there was a moment where uh emily said that's the full house house i'm like i don't know that that is i think there's just a lot of houses that no look i like think this. it is i think it's like uh that very specifically like i think that that is in the uh full house like opening credits Does I think so that- i married an axe murderer exist in the same shared universe as full house well i don't know about that uh we just listen to the not one but two brand new full house uh episode rewatches uh hosted by cast members yeah. but uh, what i do want to know josh does so i married an axe murderer exist in the same universe as the pentaveret yes so okay so we need to like uh get into this a bit um this is huge this is enormous this is really really big and i was also very shocked because this is the first time i've watched so i married an axe murderer on the other side of the pentaveret and rob as somebody who has watched and podcasted about the pentaveret could you quickly summarize like what the pentaveret even is so the Pentaveret is like a secret society that is basically like making all of the world's decisions, basically running everything. Uh, it was explored, I believe, in a, in a six-episode Netflix original series created by Mike Myers. Yeah. And now I'm wondering if this is all connected in the MMCU. In the MMCU, uh, eat your heart out, Marvel. It's all connected where Mike Myers is concerned. Because as we mentioned, Mike Myers, he loves to play multiple characters in his movies. Not every movie. I mean, I think like the rule has to be like, if he has one character, that one character has to be like a character. Like it's got to be Wayne. Like it has to be like somebody who is just like not Mike Myers really. Uh, but if he's going to be playing like a straight man version of himself, there at least has to be one additional Mike Myers. And in the case of So I Married an Axe Murderer, Mike Myers plays not only beat poet Charlie, but also his Scottish father, Stuart McKenzie. Um, yes. Who is and among then- my favorite Mike Myers characters ever. Well, Mike Myers then also like repurposes uh, the voices a lot uh, that this, that his dad is also Shrek. Yes. Yes. It's <laughs> Shrek. It's like a prelude to fat bastard. It's also yeah, also fat bastard. Yeah. It's also like the guy from the SNL sketch. Uh, if it's not Scottish, it's crap. Uh-huh. Uh so yeah, he like I don't know, he has like a couple of things in the chamber and he just, you know, fires them off in different directions. But I I love Stuart McKenzie. Uh I love uh Stuart McKenzie being uh really ruthless about his son William Heed McKenzie. Uh his his big head, he's going to take his gigantic head and cry on his gigantic pillow. Uh, his son, played by Matt Doherty, who people uh, who are fans of 1990s movies 
uh, will recall uh, as um, uh, Averman from the Mighty Ducks franchise. Mm -hmm. Any Uh, relation to Shannon Doherty? I don't think any relation to Shannon Doherty, but maybe uh, not impossible. Mm. It doesn't look like it. Um, But during the first visit to Stuart McKenzie's house, uh, we are going to have a scene in which Mike Myers as Stuart McKenzie is yucking it up with Charlie's best friend, Tony, uh, a San Mm -hmm. Francisco police detective uh, played by ALP, Anthony LaPaglia. No uh, actual, yes, relation to Jonathan LaPaglia. They are brothers. Um, And he's cracking Tony up because probably in real life, Tony, uh, Anthony LaPaglia is losing it to an old man version of Mike Myers talking Mm -hmm. to him about, wait for it, the Pentaveret, a secret society that runs the world. I was blown away by this, Rob. There yeah, is this I scene was, in which the Pentaveret is discussed. Yeah, could not could not believe it. Um, that uh, talks about we get the people who are named in the Pentaveret here. Um, that in the uh, later on uh, the 2022 edition of the Pentaveret. Uh, where Mike Myers does do full frontal uh-huh. uh, that we get, get uh, some, we do not get like celebrities named, but we know that uh, the queen of England is one of the members of the Pentaver, right? The yeah. Pope. Um, and then a couple of other the captains of industries. And I believe also Colonel Sanders was involved. Right. And there are some questions about the Colonel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. He doesn't like then- the Colonel. Yes, uh, and then uh, that the Colonel Sanders le- allegedly was putting chemicals in the chicken to make people addicted to them, which I do think uh, that might be on some level true and also uh, explored in greater detail in uh, They Clone Tyrone also on Netflix. Again, to bring it back to the fugitive, Big Pharma, uh, they're mm-hmm. everywhere. They're, the mm-hmm. Big Pharma is the real Pentaveret. Yeah. So, yeah, this was incredible. Mike Myers uh, as uh, his dad in this movie. Yeah, really amazing. Uh, I I think often about, if you want my body and you think I'm sexy, I'm on baby, let me know. Uh, yeah. Piper Down. We have a Piper Down is one yeah. of my favorite moments of uh, of the film. So he's great. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Tony about the Pentaveret. Um, Tony is uh, going to be uh, objectified multiple times throughout the movie by Charlie's mother, May McKenzie, yeah. uh, who is played by Brenda Fricker, who I had not made the connection until Emily pointed out to me that that's the bird lady from Home Alone 2. Oh, uh, uh, the pigeon yes, lady. Just, yes, coming off of the, her success in 1992's Home Alone 2. Now, if we had just wa- if we had launched this podcast uh, a mm-hmm. year earlier, mm-hmm. uh, we could have been talking about Home Alone 2. This is our only shot to talk about uh, the Home Alone 2, uh, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so I loved yeah. it. I loved Home Alone 2. There's nothing yeah. more to say, really. I don't think that there's a lot to say. But she's great. She's yeah. great in this. Um, lots of really fun uh, cameos in this movie as well. Like lots of like recognizing people along the way. Last week, Rob, we talked about uh, how uh, a Cosmo uh, might be leaping mm-hmm. us from the fugitive to So I Married an Axe Murderer. There is a ridiculous Michael Richards appearance here as yep. the very insensitive man. And so I married an axe murderer. Uh, yes. That was great. Uh, Charles Grodin 
is randomly in this movie as mm-hmm. a guy who gets his car commandeered. Maybe not point. the last time we'll talk about Charles Grodin in I 1993. S- I suspect that's correct. So I will save my Grodin takes for the future. Um, Phil, the late, great Phil Hartman yeah. uh, as Alcatraz tour guide, uh, John Johnson, but you can call me Vicky. Yes. Uh, Phil Hartman is a uh, great, in everything uh he, i mean he showed up a lot uh last week uh with the passing of paul rubens that he had been uh, you know a certainly a collaborator with yeah. paul rubens uh and he shows up here in alcatraz uh as that, that for some reason like uh mike myers goes on a tour of alcatraz i guess why not because they're in yeah. san francisco and he is the tour guide here uh at alcatraz and talks about some of the you know, untoward things that have happened uh, at Alcatraz. And apparently Machine Gun Kelly was at uh, Alcatraz. Machine Gun Kelly is based off of a, the, the name Machine Gun Kelly is taken I think from. I like actual Machine Gun Kelly was on the tour in like no, the background. No, he talks about there's so many Machine cameos Gun Kelly. In this movie. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, well, uh, an axe murderer might carry yes. a, a vial of someone's George blood Machine around, Gun so. Kelly uh-huh. is, a, is a person. Is there a direct He's considered pipeline? one of the fo- famous gangsters from the Prohibition era. Is there a direct pipeline from the laws to train back to Machine Gun Kelly? Hmm. Food for thought. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. There's food for thought. There's food for thought. Uh, yeah, Alan Arkin, also the late great, is in here. He is uh, Tony's police captain. Uh, Tony's like very uh, sad that he's never had like a really big police chase. He wants to be like a rough and tumble cop. Uh, uh, and so he keeps telling his police captain, you're too nice to me. And so mm-hmm. he tries to be meaner to him, but he's not quite doing it. Uh, Alan Arkin, who just passed away earlier this year, not long ago. So it was great to see him back in this. But really, the main events, which we have not even begun to scratch the surface of, uh, is that Charlie is a commitment phobe. He cannot commit in a relationship. He always runs away until he meets Harriet. Sweet Harriet, uh, the local butcher played by the great Nancy Travis. Um, are you a Nancy Travis fan here, Rob? Do you like the Nancy Travis? So I can't really say that I know her from many things. The uh, Three Men in a Baby franchise. Mm-hmm. She is uh, centrally involved. Uh, she was she, the baby. She was the baby. <laughs> she grew up. <laughs> yeah. She was the baby uh, in 1987, uh, and here we are in 1993, and she's an adult. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. Uh, really great method acting from Nancy Travis. Uh, earlier in the year 1993, Nancy Travis is co-starring alongside uh, your friend and mine, uh, the aforementioned Kiefer Sutherland. We had mm-hmm. talked about him last week on The Fuge uh, in The Vanishing which yeah. is, uh, would have been a wild movie to discuss here on 30 Years Greater if we had started earlier in the, uh, in the year. Very different role, but also about serial killers. Um, and Nancy Travis as Harriet in this movie. Uh, Nancy Travis, who had a really great 90s. Uh, Antonio and I were talking again about Nancy Travis. We're like, where did she go? And then we realized that she's been in every episode of Last Man Standing, the Tim Allen comedy. So oh. Like, oh. She's okay. still around. She's just still doing stuff. I'm just no longer mm-hmm. that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she is uh, she is a butcher at the local butcher shop that Charlie runs into to buy some haggis from. Yeah, Rob. Um, yes. I'm not so about great. to smirch the haggis. Don't I've, be smirched the haggis. I've made that um, mistake before. Yeah, that, he has one run in with her at the butcher shop when it's uh, not that busy. But really, they get together where that he goes into the butcher shop and it's crowded and everybody is being very impatient. Mike Myers needs to help her with servicing all of the customers at the butcher shop. Yes. What? An incredibly well done meat cute. This was it is a great meat cute. Uh, incredible, incredible meat cute. You here. couldn't script a better meat cute if you tried, uh, and they did, and they succeeded. They got it. It was the meatiest of meat cutes. Um, it, it it seems Rob that uh, Nancy Travis and Mike Myers were yucking it up on set so much that Nancy Travis during the filming of some of these butcher shop scenes um severed a fingertip uh yeah. while chopping vegetables if, yes she cut her finger um now <laughs> you say yucking it up uh yeah. i i wonder if uh there was any sort of hard feelings about this that she cut a piece of her finger off uh was he distracting her while she was uh doing this probably i think so uh you're supposed to you like tuck the fingertips in this is the reason you do it when you're chopping with chopping stuff up uh, yeah things you learn when you were married to a professional right chef. Uh, um, I, they had I, to surgically I, reattach part of her finger it worked it worked though uh mm-hmm. so fingers successfully reattached um but I guess it's appropriate for a movie about uh, an axe murderer for some true and, and a movie that has bloodshed, a movie that stars Cleaver's brother uh, that some cleaving does indeed occur on set here in making. So I married an axe murderer. So the meat cute is successful. They go out on a date. It's a great date. We walk like things in the night or whatever it is. He's saying he's prancing around like a lunatic. Uh, she's also maybe a Russian spy. It seems like at one point she speaks Russian to some strangers. Uh, and he goes back to her place for the night and he's thinking about leaving. Uh, and then she tells him, I want you to stay, spend the night. He says, I have no problem with that. And he chases her up the stairs and his pants fall off. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so we're off to the races with a really great relationship between Charlie and Harriet. But the next morning, Charlie runs into uh nancy travis's housemate her roommate who happens to be harriet's sister rose played Mm -hmm. by amanda Plummer, who rob you will certainly uh know uh as the villain of the star trek picard season three oh Uh, okay yeah Uh, i I see it now she was like the goo queen or whatever it was i forget what they were they were working it was a board thing right yeah Yeah. a novatic yeah, it's always a Borg thing. Yeah. Um, at this point in the movie, like, are you like, so you're the axe murderer, right? No, no, yeah. I was not. I, I was not thinking that. Yeah. They got well, me. Yeah, they got you. They got you. I think Amanda Plummer shows up typically in a lot of these things. Uh, and you think, uh, okay, uh, she's, I mean, we will probably be talking about her again next year in Pulp Fiction. Uh, mm. She's a, 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 pump, a pumpkin and honey bunny fame and the framing device of Pulp Fiction. So Amanda Plummer uh, loves to like show up in a movie and freak you out. Uh, mm-hmm. She she really scares Mike Myers and uh, offers him a very lavish breakfast. It turns out to just be Fruit Loops. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, is all all he gets which he so, says are very high in fiber and i don't know if anybody fact checked that i don't think anyone fact checked it at the time should we just pause down the podcast real quick and look i would up imagine that there are there is no fiber in fruit loops yeah fiber free fiber free fruit loops <laughs> i think i'm pretty sure fruit loops is just sugar just sugar straight up sugar um so we'll circle back to rose she's very protective of her sister so much so that she murders all of her uh sister's love interests but at mm. first Charlie thinks that it is Harriet who is an axe murderer because there's all okay, these two, all these two grams of dietary fiber in uh, Fruit Loops. Okay. Um, well, uh, not nothing. Not nothing. I haven't had a Fruit Loop in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, if this had been truly immersive podcasting, I think I would have fueled up on Fruit Loops. Uh, coming into the recording. It's not the, a huge part uh, of the movie. Not a big part of the movie, you're right. Uh, but if I'd really been an immersive podcaster, I would have uh, eaten haggis first, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really early when we record these podcasts. So um, Charlie is going to become aware of an axe murderer who, mur- who murders her husbands, uh, who is allegedly named Mrs. X. Uh, Mrs. X is the name of the axe murderer. How does the name X hold up 30 years greater, Rob? Hmm. As the name of a killer. Uh, you know, X is killing, uh, killing birds left and right <laughs> yeah, these that's days. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if they had a different name before and they had to rebrand to X, but, uh, I, I Twitter. Do- Yes, I do like that. Um, that Mike Meyer, Charlie's mom, uh, gets all of her information from the Weekly World News, uh, yeah. the eighth largest publication in the world. Josh, did you ever uh, uh, look through a Weekly World News? Not memorably. Were you a Weekly World oh, News cruiser? I loved it. The okay. Weekly World News. Uh, the Weekly World News was a very real publication, and you would get it like in the supermarket. This is and, the Bat Boy. Uh, yes, stuff? Bat Boy, yeah. Weekly World News. And they would have all of these uh, different uh, things. And uh, salacious. Salacious, right. Uh, back when fake news was fun. <laughs> So is there a world in which, uh, because it's in the weekly world news, that initially uh, folks are not taking the urban legend of Mrs. X seriously enough uh, because it does end up being closer to true than false? Yeah, I mean, not. I would think this would be very uncommon that a weekly world news story would actually be true. Uh, In this case, that they are actually like on the uh, cutting edge of like solving this crime. Yeah, a cutting edge indeed. Uh, and so Charlie and with assistance from Detective Tony are going to start like chasing down the case and following leads. And there's some stuff about the killer singing Only You. Uh, and there's someone named Ralph, a uh, great patron of post-show recaps. We love mm-hmm. you, Ralphie. Uh, and uh, that there's someone named Ralph, but it turns out oh, she's my friend. And so there's just like lots of questions about who is Harriet really and it's a metaphor right we all have axe murdering skeletons in our closet don't we rob Mm -hmm. wow that's very deep interpretation of so i married an axe murderer well they spent a lot of time writing and rewriting this film so i think that they they worked hard and we should acknowledge the the uh the metaphor yes yes you root around enough and you find it 
Yeah, so there are a lot of clues pointing to, like, the disappearances of the other past love interests of uh, Harriet. Uh, And Mike Myers is starting to get sus. Yeah, yeah, she's the imposter. Uh, There's, like, all sorts of, like, uh, ancient weapons. There's a big, in her apartment, there's a big poster of Atlantic City which is the one thing that that apartment needed, according to Mike Myers. And then he turned around and he saw that it was there. So he was very impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all sorts of clues that are leading to, to Harry murders was committed in Atlantic city. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so Charlie decides to get out uh, before he himself gets ax murdered. He's so afraid that he's going to get ax murdered and it's a stand in for his fear of commitment, Rob. And he, uh, he does the preemptive strike. He breaks up with Harriet before Harriet is able to break up with Charlie. He comes mm-hmm. to regret this nearly instantly. Uh, yeah. he, he finds that his uh, his beat poetry is not good anymore without Harriet in his life. Yeah, I mean, he's going to just basically take his life into his hands. Like, I don't think he really, like, uncovers any evidence to disprove uh, that she is an axe murderer. He's just like, ah, eh. like... But how can you ever really know? Maybe I'm just overreacting. How can you ever really know? And in life, you have to take leaps of faith. Uh, Sure. And and so Charlie is able to take a major leap of faith with a grand romantic gesture by performing beat poetry outside of Harriet's window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Incredible. Uh, what a what an artist. I, I mean, I, what do you think happened with his beat poetry career? I assume that it uh, it took off. Uh, I think that he probably ended up having like a bunch of like Netflix specials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think like it took a while before it did. They were probably living on um, uh, Harriet's salary as a butcher uh, for a long time. Yeah. Does she own the butcher shop? It seems it. Right. Wow. Uh, it feels it feels that way. It she's like an she's entrepreneur. Only, she's like the only one who works there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think probably actually what really probably happens is their butcher. Uh, they franchise uh, like uh, axe murderer butchers or something like that. Mrs. Mm-hmm. X's butcher uh, shop. Uh, I think like there's probably a lot of people who come to San Francisco specifically to see like the people who survived Mrs. X. Uh, it's like a big, like sort of like ghoulish yeah. tourist attraction. Yeah. So basically, it's like a tourist attraction, but then you could also, you know, get a brisket. Yeah, you can also get a brisket. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's we, the gift shop. That's the gift shop. That's the gift shop. We go from the rekindling of Charlie and Harriet's relationship to the aforementioned 30-year anniversary celebration. Wow. Of May. And Stuart, is this fate or what? Um, do not mistake coincidence for fate, is what I have heard in the past. Um, hmm. Absolutely incredible moment here, uh, as I felt like we were being celebrated here, Rob. Uh, yeah. We have this really wonderful celebration of a 30 year anniversary uh, on uh, if the fugitive was the eve of 30 years greater than today. So I married an ax murderer is 30 years greater day. Uh, and may it live on in infamy forever. 
Uh, it was so lovely to hear a 30-year anniversary celebration in our 30-year anniversary podcast I mean, what are the chances uh, that it was a 30-year anniversary? We had no idea that this was there. We're, we're every week we're celebrating a 30-year anniversary. We're constantly celebrating anniversaries here. Uh, should we have people uh, who are celebrating their 30-year anniversaries write in and let us know acknowledgments in the credits every week? Sure. Nah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah I mean, if, if somebody has one. If someone yeah. has one, let us know. But, like, don't fake it. Yeah, don't pick it because we're not going to vet it. So we're, like, no, we are. We're going to Google it. OK, we are. It's an mm-hmm. audio meeting. You couldn't see that I air quoted uh, at the 30 year anniversary party, Rob. Also, by the way, 60 years of marriage now uh, for Stuart and May McKenzie. How do you think the marriage is going these days? Probably not great because at 30 years, the mom was like uh, making advances. I mean, is she making out with Anthony LaPaglia? Yeah, it seems it seems like it. She's like grabbing his tuchus at a a future event. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't seem like Stuart either Stuart doesn't know or Stuart doesn't mind. We're not going to yuck anybody's yum here. No. If that's if that's cool with them, if that's what they want to do. That's great. So maybe actually their marriage could be thriving. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, sixty years later. So uh, sixty years. I'm going to vote sixty years greater for the current status of the marriage between Stuart and May. Like one of those happy couples that they're in the twilight years of their life and they're still happily married to one another uh, and keeping it. Uh, they're mixing it up, mixing it up every every single day. But at the thirty year anniversary of their marriage, Rob. Uh, This is where we get the proposal. Charlie is going to propose to Harriet. uh, Mm -hmm. And she's reluctant at first. Uh, He asks her uh, to marry him. And her knee-jerk reaction is no. And his follow-up is please, Mm -hmm. which I think is pretty good. Uh, and bruh like could we give it a minute like uh you just like you thought she was an axe murderer now you don't like you've known her what two weeks she's trying to protect him she's trying to protect uh charlie because she knows she knows that bad things have happened in the past that it's real it happened uh that she has had former flings who have been flung from this mortal coil by her axe murdering sister uh, and so she's trying to protect Charlie, but she loves Charlie and she cannot resist. And she says mm-hmm. yes. And they get married. And uh, it's a very happy wedding with the aforementioned bagpipes. It's a great bagpipe scene, even though the piper is down. Uh, and Charlie and Tony keep being like, I can't believe we thought she was an axe murderer. Uh, it's not like she's saying only you. And then she sings only you. And this is like the call, the musical calling card of Mrs. X. Only mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, one of the people that had been murdered knew it in six different languages, and she's singing it. Uh, I think we also uh, g- grazed over uh, Mike Myers's butt in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He does show his butt at one point. He hugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he meets Ralph, uh, yeah. and he hugs her. I think you see Mike Myers's butt in a lot of movies also. He has a thing. Yeah. There's like mm-hmm. an, uh, an exhibitionist quality to Mike Myers. For I sure. mean, Austin Powers, definitely. Uh, you get it there. We mentioned the Pentaveret. I'm pretty sure you saw the cat in the hat's butt crack, Josh. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like that uh, you kind of get it in Wayne's world. Yeah. Search certain corners of the Internet, and I'm sure you really get it with Shrek. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm not sure going it's out, to. I'm sure it's out there. Uh, Google at Too busy looking up all the 30-year anniversaries of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever we get to Shrek uh, in a few years, we can uh, we can just make sure to mm-hmm. do our research for, for that. Um, they're going to go on their honeymoon. They're going to drive up the PCH, uh, and they are going to get to a very remote part of California where there yeah. is uh, uh, going to be a, a hellacious storm that occurs and Tony is going to find out from Alan Arkin, his superior officer, that Mrs. X is on the loose. Uh, and that all signs point to Harriet, sweet Harriet, being an axe murderer. So he is going to have to go and drive and uh, intercept uh, Charlie before his friend gets axe murdered. Ultimately, it's kind of like much ado about nothing for Tony's quest to go and find uh, Charlie. There's like a bunch of like celebrity cameos here. This is where the Charles Grodin scene Mm -hmm. comes in, uh, where he's trying to hijack Charles Grodin's car. And Charles Grodin says, no, 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 you cannot commandeer my car. No, Uh, you're really not going to move an inch on this commandeering thing. No. Uh, So he's not going to be allowed to commandeer. Uh, Charles Grodin's car, but he's going to show what, up. And he's what like, about the pilot? Stephen yeah. Wright is flying the plane. That's right, and he falls asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the play, there's almost uh, there's almost a play. Is, are you a big Stephen Wright guy? I, I do like Stephen Wright. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's flying the plane. He's never done it at night. It was giving uh, Dial of Destiny. Uh, it was giving Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a weird moment when uh, Anthony LaPaglia uh, gets out on the other side of a stormy cloud and winds up in uh, Syracuse in mm-hmm. uh, the year 300 uh, BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a crazy scene that happens. Uh, but yep. he, like, he goes through all of this to get to Mike Myers, but uh, Charlie is going to get the call. At least one call breaks through uh, that Harriet's a murderer and he's trying to like survive the rest of the night. Only you is playing on this uh, a string quartet. Uh, they're being squirreled away to the honeymoon suite. Uh, Charlie desperately is going to ask uh, one of the hotel workers to stay for a nightcap, uh, mm-hmm. and the hotel worker will run away saying, "Ah, no. uh, one of my favorite, I mean, favorite moments." Probably thought that there was more going on than just having a drink. Yeah, I think so. Then uh, you know. Uh, Listen, that would be great too. He could have been more polite about it. The invitation, um, the uh, the hotel staff worker. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a probably a bit of a reach uh, mm-hmm. to to offer this to him on the honeymoon. Like he was he was nervous. He didn't like he didn't want to do it. Um, yeah. Charlie and Harriet are going to get into a confrontation. Charlie locks Harriet in a closet as he knows that she is the axe murderer. But it turns out she is not the axe murderer. It's Rose. It's the sister. It's Amanda Plummer. And she's here and she's written the murder note and everything. Mm-hmm. And we get into the final axe okay. murdering climax of so the movie. Right? How much does Harriet know about uh, what has happened in the past? I get the sense that she um, kind of was in on it. I don't know about in on it. I think um, she know. I think at the very. I think she knows her sister kills her husband. That I do think she knows. And yes, and so she does seem to like that would explain her hesitation with uh, marrying Charlie, right? Um, but like, uh, she doesn't turn in her sister. She doesn't turn in her sister. Um, she doesn't turn in her sister, and she probably should by the letter of the law. 
Um, and one imagines that there is a case to be made against Harriet. Like Charlie and Harriet seem great together by the end of the movie. Like they've survived this together. They're fine. That being said, I suspect Rob that there is uh, probably like the families, the families might have uh, of the of the other husbands might mm. have um, some issues with Harriet. Uh, of course, there will be issues with Rose, but like Harriet, I imagine could be pulled into a lot of lawsuits. So it might not be the most happy, uh, happily ever after for Charlie yeah. and Harriet moving forward. Yeah, um, I'd sue. Probably. You would sue your sister? I would sue I would sue them all. Every last one of them. I would sue Stuart. I'd sue the Lapalia brothers. I uh, yeah, I haven't known you to be a very litigious person. I'm well, just you wait. It's yeah. coming. When you try and uh take 30 years greater away from me, yeah. I'm gonna be coming after you with a with a with a legal So act. you think this movie should have ended in court? Yeah, courtroom drama. I think that's the one thing that this movie was missing. What do you think of the axe murdering sequence? Uh, there's a lot of physical comedy yeah. here. This feels very, uh, this feels more prototypical Mike Myers than so much of the rest of the movie where he is often really playing it very straight. Yes. I think like um, sometimes very good, like good actual he, like rom-com drama. And then does, we get very slapsticky. Yes, for he does take a lot of shots to the Nards. Yes, uh, the Nards here get in uh, this uh, final battle sequence sequence um i also i guess maybe this is another mike myers staple because um that uh the cat in the hat had this austin powers has this wait a uh, uh, cat in the hat has an axe murdering uh sequence? no uh the cat in the hat uh is trying to hide in plain sight yeah. as a pinata and then some little effer with a baseball bat hits the cat in the hat Right in the gonads. Now, wow. I was under the impression the cat in hat had been neutered. Yeah. Um, but Babe. it goes right into a dream sequence of him on a swing uh, to the tune of Easy Like Sunday Morning by Lionel Richie. Wow. I'm going to see Lionel Richie in concert in a couple nights. It's all coming together. By the time people are listening to this, maybe I've already seen him. I don't know. It's possible. Wow. If not, wish me luck. I'm very excited about it. Earth, Wind, Fire is playing as well. Uh, going to be a great time. If you're at Huge that concert, night. hit me up. Uh, don't hit me up. I'll be very scared to meet you in person. You could be an axe mm -hmm. murderer. Uh, mm -hmm. Not to spoil a future uh, 30 years greater entry, but uh, there will be another entry in the Mike Myers gonads uh, uh, pantheon uh, by the end of this year, I think. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's put a... I was going to say, let's put a pin in that, but that sounds painful. Uh, so mm -hmm. we'll revisit. We'll revisit this conversation for sure. Um, he survives. She, you know, almost chops his fingies off. Uh, maybe a little too close uh, yeah. to reality for Nancy Travis. For Nancy Travis, Watching yes. from the sidelines. She was shook. She was shook. Uh, and then we, it's a happy ending. They arrest Rose. Charlie and Harriet are safely ensconced in each other's arms and poetry as Charlie uh, uh, and Harriet are so love mm -hmm. Ed. Uh, and I love Ed, so I married an axe murderer as well. And that's the film. Yeah. I, that was very fun. I had never seen this before. Uh, it's very short. It's really short. Yeah, it's a 90-minute movie. 90-minute mm -hmm. movie, you're in and out really quickly, and so I married an axe murderer. 
Um, I expect that like the San Franciscoans probably feel torn about So I Married an Axe Murder in one hand, nice to get representation for their city on film. On the other hand, like this would be like if I watched a New York movie and like local New Yorkers willingly went to Times Square, like no San Francisco person's like actually like going like to have a conversation during a tour at Alcatraz. That's not a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's probably a little bit of that. But I thought that as far as like the how does this hold up 30 years later, I think the comedy is mostly really fun. Some of the scenes feel like pretty timeless, like the look at me, I'm a very insensitive man. Like that whole Mm -hmm. scene is is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think that as like a study of Mike Myers and where his career went versus like where it could have gone, I don't know. Do you have thoughts? Do you meditate on this at all in the aftermath of watching So I Married an Axe Murderer, especially having so recently seen in the, the context in the of Mike Myers's career? Yeah. I mean, I feel I like mean, I, I he, could go, he could his... go one of two directions. He could be Charlie McKenzie or he could be Stuart McKenzie. And he decides to like triple down on Stuart McKenzie. Yeah, I'd have to just open up his IMDb to see where uh, Mike Myers goes from here. Where he goes, where he goes from here. Yeah, that's uh, good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, we know that uh, just to spoil uh, what's coming ahead, Wayne's World 2 is coming up later in 1993. Yeah. Um. But then I, I think that Mike Myers is actually going to have like a dip in his career. Yeah, he um, takes some so time off. He comes in, he, he, he kicks off the 90s uh, real hot with uh, Wayne's World and all the SNL. Um, but then I think that after Wayne's World 2 and So I Married uh, an Axe Murderer, I think he might be considered like a box office poison uh, for a little bit because it's not until 1997 he shows up in International Man of Mystery, Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's. I mean, he basically is going to have like a four-year layoff where he does nothing. And he's doing he's doing SNL, uh, you know, post uh, Axe Murder and Wayne's so, World two for know. a little while. I, yeah, little I, I think while. that um, uh, Mike. I think Myers, he's around in that ninety-four to ninety-five season, and then they're like, ah, I don't know anymore. Uh, and there's yeah. like a big SNL reboot that occurs. At uh, that, yeah, at that so point. he uh, he got fired from SNL. So join the um, club. Yeah, uh, that. Let me see. Uh, so. I don't know exactly uh, when uh, what the date was on that, but yeah, I feel like that you know there is going to be like a big SNL reboot uh, that that happens, and yeah, um, for Mike Myers, I don't know what what he does like in the mid nineties. There's sort of this interesting thing with Mike Myers where like he is he really is. I think this movie really does encapsulate the two different types of Mike Myers is that you get. You either get like ridiculous character comedy that sometimes hits and sometimes really does not hit. Um, or you get sort of like this like straight laced version of Mike Myers, who is more often than not the Charlie character. Mm-hmm. Like there's some like moments of like actual attempts at drama in here. Uh, and I think Mike Myers has had some moments in his career where he is like, kind of like arced in that direction or has tried to arc in that direction. Like 54, uh, we'll talk about the Studio 54 movie in uh, 2028, Rob, we'll get there. Uh, he, has, uh, he is going to have like a, a, a very strange, uh, not quite blink and you miss it role in a quentin tarantino movie and in glorious bastards mm-hmm. it's more like you are watching that character talk for a while and then you're like 
that's Mike Myers. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he has a couple of moments along the way where I think like he is trying to take himself seriously and be taken seriously as an actor. But there are things like the Love Guru that make it tough. Uh, yeah, that make it very very difficult. He's uh, very high highs and low lows for Mike Myers. So he is gonna uh, come back to SNL for 1994. But his final SNL episode as a uh, regular cast member is in January of 1995. So. Yeah. Uh, not as much missing time as I had originally uh, thought, but there is like, um, you know, it's uh, it's a minute before you get another Mike Myers movie. Yeah. Um, well, I I really do love this one. Uh, his second feature film, So I Married an Axe Murderer, uh, is, a, is a really, for me, I think a really fun time. Uh, 30 years greater or at least 30 years as great. Uh, certainly not 30 years worse uh, would be mm-hmm. my review on this one. Uh, you got anything else on So I Married an Axe Murderer, Rob? No, uh, this was fun. I think I probably would have thought that uh, Mike Myers was like a writer on this. Uh, he's not, although his fingerprints are He's not a credited writer. Yeah. He did big rewrites, but uh, he was ruled against for credit uh, during uh, arbitration with the WGA. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the writing credits went elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, this was uh, pretty fun, though. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun as well. Uh, and that's going to do it for So I Married an Axe So now is the time where we have to start looking ahead, Rob, of what yeah. are we, we going to talk about next time on the podcast. So next time on the podcast, we are going to be uh, up to the, uh, it was August 20, 1993, was a Friday back in the day, 30 years ago. Uh, and some of the movies that came out around this time were uh, Manhattan Murder Mystery, mm-hmm. a Woody Allen film. Woody Allen, uh, some trivia, was initially discussed as a possible to play Charlie McKenzie and So I Married an Axe Murderer. Okay, it would have been a different would, film. Yeah. Woody Allen would hold up 30 years worse, I think, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, we did get the request for Hard Target, uh, which came out on August 20th, Rob, 1993. It's a Jean-Claude Van Damme action movie. You think you about big, it. Are you a big JCVD guy? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah? No. Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas came out uh, August 20th. I don't know much about Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas, I feel like, is a movie that I should have seen but haven't. Uh, a Surf ninjas. Uh, um, I mean, uh, seems, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so it looks like, uh, surf ninjas looks like it's, uh, takes itself maybe a little more serious, uh, than, uh, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, the great, uh, Ernie Reyes, uh, now I, I remember the th- three ninjas. Did you three watch ninjas that I love three ninjas were great. Uh, yeah. I Rob was Schneider, big... uh, speaking of SNL alums, a uh, big part of surf ninjas. 30 years worse. Uh, three ninjas. Uh, I was a big three. Uh, Tum Tum, big Tum yeah. Tum guy. Huge yeah, Tum Tum guy. Love Tum Tum for sure. Um, I think that we also have the opportunity now to look uh, to look 30, uh, 30 days greater than August 20th and 30 days lesser than August 20th. Um, the, uh, the Cummings, uh, not related to the host of the Traders, uh, the coming attractions, uh, we could talk about the age of innocence was September 17th. That's, I don't know her. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> Airborne September 17th. What was Airborne? Uh, Is that an Airbud sequel? 
I don't know if it was an Airborne uh, Airbud sequel. That's the movie Black where they invented in uh, Michael Jordan sneakers. I don't think so. It seems like a skater. Uh, it was a skater boy. Uh, people getting sick on airplanes. I think we'll say see you later, boy. Um, now, if we go back in time, once again, if we look back on July, there are two movies that if we don't talk about next week, uh, we will not have the opportunity to discuss again, Rob. Uh, and they're both relatively iconic, I think. Um, two okay. movies that we could talk about next week. Movie one, Hocus Pocus was July 16th, uh, surprisingly uh, a summer release. That would be like if Disney released a Haunted Mansion movie yeah. in July. Uh, 30 years greater, it seems like they did not uh, learn that lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, Free I mean, Willy. in fairness, Hocus Pocus uh, became like uh, pretty iconic. Um, Free Willy, July yeah. 16th, uh, is also on the menu. Uh, I Rob. think Free Willy is more fun. Um, Free Willy. I don't think that Jason James Richter. Uh, yeah, we, we could check in on what Jason James Richter has going on in 1993. Yeah, uh, who's, hopefully the whale is okay. Hopefully the whale is okay. Um, I have not gone back and looked at Free Willy probably ever. Would be my yeah. guess. Why I, would I, you? I probably saw Why Free Willy and then never went back and looked at Free Willy again. I don't even know if I ever saw it. But you don't uh, think you've yeah. seen Free Willy before? I think I've sort of like been in the room when it's on, but uh, I am excited to check out uh, Free Willy. Okay, I think that's it. We're going to do Free Willy next week. Uh, if you're like, oh man, I would have loved the Hocus Pocus. We did a Hocus Pocus podcast once upon a time in the PSR patron feed. Uh, you could go and check that out. Go look for really it. You need your, your Hocus Pocus fix. Free Willy. I'm excited to see Free Willy. I haven't seen Free Willy in forever. Uh, let's yeah. see how Free Willy holds up. Any predictions for 30 years greater or 30 years worse for Free Willy? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably going to be a timeless classic, right? Probably. I think it's probably going to be a timeless classic. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you've got feedback for Free Willy, if you've got lingering feedback for So I Married an Axe Murderer, uh, anything else about what may or may not have occurred in the year 1993, we would love to hear from you. Send in feedback to postshowrecaps.com slash ask. 30 is our feedback form. If you want to get in some feedback that way, you can also hit us up on all of the various other channels, the RHAP Facebook group, the PSR Discord. You can hit us up on our socials. We are both on Mrs. X still uh, at Rob Sesternino, at Ron Howard on Twitter, threads, wherever you can find us. Rob, anything else that you've got going on that you want to t- uh, want to shout out here? Yeah, well, it's not Big Brother 30, uh, but we're talking about Big Brother 25 on uh, Rob as a podcast. And for that, the cat in the hat, everything else I'm doing, uh, Rob has a website.com. Incredible. Check all of that stuff out. Make sure you're subscribed to 30 Years Greater. Just search for 30 Years Greater in your podcast player of choice or use the RSS link, postshowrecaps.com slash 30 when you search by URL. Until next time, Rob, uh, should we have, is there a sign off? Is there like a, that's a clever sign off to say, I'll see you 30 years later. No, that doesn't. I think that's, I think you got it. I think that's Uh, it. I'll see you 30 years later. Uh, So I married an ax murder. We'll talk. Should we talk about uh, all of these movies again, 30 years from now for 60 years? Great. Wow. That'd be the reboot 
at some point down the line in 2053. That should be what we're working towards. Okay, so uh, so I married an axe murderer. We will see you 30 years greater to everybody else. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Ah. Peace.